Welcome to the Shamrock Show. Sit down, have a listen, and go fuck yourself. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Hanging in there, and uh, 2021 is actually uh, kicking ass so far. It's a hell of a lot better than 2020. For real. How um, how much did COVID affect your job in the radio? Like, obviously, you're still on the radio. Every there was never a point when you weren't on the radio, right? Right. No, we well, stayed you- and we kept going into the studio because live and local. You know what I mean? So, but in the radio industry in general, actually, there's like a lot of I saw a ton of other radio shows that made the shows work from home. So in their closets and like make their own kind of rigged thing through their laptop or whatever. But I'm lucky that I have like the home studio if they needed that. Yeah. So on, but on the other end of it, right? Like I have to imagine that um, ad dollars, right? The radio makes its money from ad, ad dollars, right? As a, for the most part, right? Yeah. So you have all these businesses that are closed or going out of business. I have to imagine, well, then they're not advertising and that's got to pay somebody's salary. So, I mean, I, I still have to imagine the radio industry as a whole took some hits. Oh, yeah, like for sure. I mean, obviously, with every business kind of cutting back with whatever they needed to for COVID and everything. Yeah, no, definitely. I know other I would say other radio stations got harder hit, obviously, because I still have a job. So it's easy, I guess, for me to say. But yeah, yeah, no. And then I've heard like some of uh, the larger companies, in my opinion, it seems that they're using COVID as an excuse to continue with the layoffs that were already kind of coming for, again, the larger companies. I wouldn't say that's the same for like independent ones, but I mean, maybe, maybe in other parts of the country, but, you know, obviously us being a local company, I've, you know, we've got to keep as many people as we possibly can to keep the right. ship going. So, you know, um, it seems to mean a lot to you from, you know, sometimes I hear on the radio, you guys take shots at other stations, but even just, in our two seconds of talking already, you've kind of hammered home that you guys are local, um, you know, and a lot of other stations are then they're what they're owned by bigger corporations. Is that is that how it works? Yeah, there's like a few like really big players, I would say, when it comes to um, like last time I was on your podcast, we were talking about how I had interned for Clear Channel. So that's like one of them. That's like a, yeah. a big name right there. Like iHeart, I'm sure people have heard of before. That's a big, right. big name. Uh, there's a few of them. Cumulus is another, like I could keep going and, and stuff like any industry has obviously the big players. And then you also have like your smaller markets too and everything. So yeah, no, I take a lot of pride in, in being local because if you think about it, like anywhere you go in the country, like you want to know what that area is about. And we have so many people here in Eastern Connecticut that are coming and going with the sub base or, you know, some of the other big companies that we have down here. And so I think it's really important that the people coming here actually know, like, we're a little bit different and in a good way. Like there are certain things and to highlight about Eastern Connecticut and there's it's not all just, oh, you know, it's just Eastern Connecticut. Like you got to go to the Western side to do stuff. That's not what I believe, at least so. The uh, Connecticut Tourism Board should hire you. They should get you a position. <laughs> yeah, a lot of pride. It's just because my roots run deep here. Like my yeah. family and like for generations, it's like for whatever reason, we picked Norwich to settle in. And so now I'm like Eastern Connecticut pride. So. <laughs> no, no. And I feel the same way. And I, I want to touch on that a little bit, too. But I know I, I definitely feel you on that. 
Um, I just, I find the, the radio industry to be a, a really interesting uh, machine. You know, it's, it's um, I mean, aside from being in the station, I, I know you do a lot of events and I'm sure that took a big hit. Obviously there was no wine fest or, you know, some of the other, yeah. <laughs> probably not a lot of live remotes, like. Um, oh, things kind of definitely thing. changed when, yeah, when COVID hit for sure. Definitely changed. Definitely did a lot of uh, birthday drive by like shout outs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was a big thing. That was my replacement, I would say, for all of, like the live broadcasts that we would do. We were doing a lot of community work, like ways that we could show up to someone's like, you know, graduation party or or ways that we could, you know, do something with the senior classes because they kind of missed out and whatever we could locally. Well, look at look at you, man. You're a local celebrity giving back. You know, <laughs> you, you you wear you wear your title as as local celebrity in in a very productive way. I mean, uh, I've never heard anyone say anything bad about you. Sometimes when you put yourself in a position where you're kind of a, a local figure, you're a local media, and uh, you become a lightning rod. But you seem to duck it, man. I've never heard anyone say like, and and people from like all walks and like. No one I've ever heard anyone bash you. So you're doing something. That's great. Well, good to hear for sure. Or, <laughs> I'm or doing maybe, something, I guess, okay. I guess. Or maybe you're just not taking any risks and you're living in a, in a box. Uh, maybe that's it, playing yeah, a little safe. Yeah. But you know what? That's what we do here in Eastern Connecticut sometimes. So <laughs> that's why I'm not but, repping the cities. <laughs> fair enough. Um, but so last time I had you on, we, we delved into all kinds of radio stuff. And, you know, there was a lot of questions I asked you that you were like, no, I can't give you the secrets of radio and whatnot. And that's cool. And I'm not going to press you on, on radio too much. What I'm really interested in is your new podcast. I, I love your podcast. I, I've watched or listened to anyway, every episode of it, um, you know, I mean, you've only been doing it a short period of time, so I guess it's not a big brag, but I haven't missed one. I've listened to everyone, and uh, I enjoy what you do because you do a monologue on whatever you're going to do, and then you'll end it with a, a little Q&A, not so much an interview, just kind of uh, rapid-fire questions, but the monologue to me is like the hardest thing. So like when I was doing some sponsors on the show and I would go, I would, you know, I'll do these podcasts with somebody and I'll, I can talk for two, three hours. There's no problem. But when it's just me and I'm like trying to read off like an, an ad or like, I really wouldn't read it. Most of the time I just kind of freestyle. And I would take like four or 500 takes on it. My girlfriend would be in the next room. She's like, it sounds fine. What are you doing? I'm like, no, you know, like, <laughs> Yeah, no, thank you. First and foremost, that's like, that's huge to hear that. Like that is really rewarding. So thank you because you know, the amount of effort that it takes that anybody who's ever tried to do anything uh, different really in general, I would say like, I'm learning so much about podcasting, like so much about, like, I thought I, it was as easy as just like, okay, let me just plug it in in my home studio and just start talking. And I guess in a way that's kind of it, but it's, it's definitely, it's way more, there's more prep to it. There's, and that's why I'm not producing like weekly episodes at this point right now, because I want to put out like, like content that I actually like believe in. And that monologue part is always like, what am I going to talk about this week? And I always try to like dig deep and actually like find something that is either like current in my life or, and it's slightly selfish too. I'm not going to lie, but I kind of like the fact that it's a solo podcast and it's just me because not only do I get that selfish reward of the attention of it that I thrive on, but also I get to talk about something that I'm passionate about and that's local. And I also get to kind of 
hear what I want to hear from other people. I wish that there were other females who would do this so I could kind of get into their mind and see, you know, like how we could relate and how we could work together. And you know what I mean? I wish there was more people who were a little bit more selfish, I guess, in a way, if, that, <laughs> if that's what you're to say. And, and so that way I could hear their perspective on things, because I think oftentimes, especially with mental health nowadays, we don't talk about what we're, we're all thinking we're all going through. And I think the more that we can relate, especially on a local level, I know I hate to keep driving that home, but like the more that we can do that, I think is, is so helpful to other people to know that like, they're not alone, especially right here in their own backyard. Yeah, man. And so when you're doing a podcast, when anyone's doing a podcast, you know, and you're starting to think of what you're going to do, there's a lot of options, right? you like, you what kind of show do you want to do? Do you want to have a topic? Do you want to be open format? You want to focus on something you're passionate about? You know, luckily for you, I guess you're passionate about yourself. So you can just uh, <laughs> talk. But like, for me, I wouldn't like to just sit here and, and like, I have a lot of great stories, but a lot of them is like, man, I don't know that I want everyone in the world to know <laughs> like all these stories of, of my misspent youth, but it's like, I'm relying kind of on my guests, but I like to talk to people, right? Like I, I like that uh, a lot of people who I know I find to be interesting, such as, as, as yourself. And it's like, I think other people would be interested in hearing them. And I think other people would be interested in hearing you, for example, in a, in a different light than just what you're controlling and just your format and kind of uh, a little bit more casual, but to come up every week with like, I have to say something, or I know you're not doing it weekly, but just whatever for come up with every episode with like, man, I got to come up with a story that people are actually going to want to listen to. And it's, that's really putting yourself out there. Cause I feel like I put myself out here just with this. Right. And it's not even like, I have someone in, to take yeah. half, the, half the burden, right? Like so right. If, it doesn't, if it doesn't go well, I'd be like, well, the guest sucked, which I've had happen. <laughs> but um, I, I'm still like, well, I'm doing this as a creative outlet. I like to do it. I'm just doing it for myself and, and for fun. It's not like I'm getting paid to do this. Right. And it's like you can put it out there and it falls flat and people are like, oh, that sucks. You see, oh, Sean, he's in a stupid podcast. Nobody likes that shit. You know, it's it's really putting yourself out there, but you're doing it doubly by putting it like, you know, this is me. I'm just coming out and like, this is my story and this is my feelings on something. Like you said, mental health is, you know, you do a lot of motivational stuff. The, the no zero days was a, a really good one. And it's a good, sometimes I think people just need to hear that. But again, you leave yourself open to possible haters and, you know, okay. I, I just, I think it's kind of brave, dude. And, and I, I dig what Thanks. you're doing. Yeah. No, I just say, keep your circle small, I guess, in a way, like, I don't mean to exclude anybody or whatever, but exclude the people that their opinions don't matter in the long run. And there's going to be yeah, like haters or whatever. And then they're in the background. So I know that the people in my life, and I've even said this, like on my podcast too, especially like in the no zero days, if like, you're not in my, I would say not like everyday life, but if you're not in my, what I've called my front row of people in my life, then why am I getting angry or stressed out or frustrated? Or like, why would I get anxiety over those haters when in reality they have, they won't be around in my life in, in a month or a year or five years. You know what I mean? Like they're not a part of the bigger picture here. And so I try to focus on that. And so I guess that's what makes it a little bit easier, but still you're right. Every time I go to hit record, it's kind of like, I'm putting myself out there and someone could take something I say the wrong way, even though I have good intentions or, you know what I mean? And I just have to, after like, I would say the first like seven episodes, that was like a big goal of mine. I heard like after seven episodes, people tend to kind of either ditch their podcast or really invest in it. And I feel, felt like after I did the seventh episode, I'm like, 
you know, I can do this and I haven't gotten so much negative feedback from the haters or whatever that what am I doing this for? It's for me and the people who are listening. So I'm going to keep rocking with it. So, yeah. And I think like when you get yourself in a position where you have some kind of status or clout or like, it's important to want to take advantage of that, right? You want to, for lack of a better term, to use people that you get, but like use connections that you can make and stuff. But you can also have to realize that all these people that are around aren't going to necessarily be around if, if you weren't doing what you were doing, right? Like as, yeah. <laughs> as a everyday radio personality, as someone who gets to go to all kinds of events, interview celebrities that come to the casinos locally, all that kind of stuff, you're gonna have a certain amount of people, amount of people around you because of that. And that's great. You should like take advantage of that and, and network with those people and see what you can get out of those relationships. And, you know, when I say use people, I don't mean it in like a, no, I totally, hateful, I get what you're saying, way, but you should just take advantage of the situation the same way that they're taking away this, uh, taking advantage of riding on your coattails to maybe like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to, to liquid Sundays <laughs> to interview Christina Milian. I'm sure you have a friend that's like, Oh, let me come along with that. You know, and if those people might not be there when the radio is, is done. If you were to like get some other job, like out right. of the blue, yeah. um, you know, and it's really just like, who's going to still really be there, you know, so don't put your too many eggs in those baskets. And, and I kind of learned that myself, like my first bar I opened was in 2005 and it was really dope. And I had all these great friends that would come to the bar all the time. Then when I closed the bar, like I never heard from like any of those people again. So then when I went into my last job, I just knew that's how it was going to be. But it's like all summer, right? Like fucking my phone's blowing up. Everyone's like, right. oh, I got tickets to this or like, you know, blah, 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 because they want the hookup when they, they come see me in the summer. But then during the winter when I'm not working and I'm yeah. like chilling on my couch playing PlayStation and the phone doesn't ring, dude, you know, like it's, it's, it's just knowing like, yo, take advantage of the people who are going to try to take advantage of you, I guess. Oh, totally. It's just like the collabing, really. And like, I've just come to understand that at the end of the day, I would say the majority of people that I would put in my front row knew me before everything yeah. happened with, with me in my life. So I think that has helped me a lot. Having those friends who like, don't view me as pebbles, but they view me as a girl named Alyssa. And yeah. that is such a, a difference or whatever, but at least as long as you can see it and know, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, I'm helping you. You help me. It's a mutual thing. And then I think you can build a friendship that way, but this doesn't mean that the friendship's not authentic. It just means that you guys are both helping each other in a business way. And also every once in a while, having something relatable or uh, that human connection, you know what I mean? And I, we're not trying to screw each other over at the end of the day, but like, I have a whole bunch of these sorts of connections where we genuinely just want the best for one another. And I think that right there is good enough to qualify somebody as a friend, maybe not enough to be in someone's front row, but it's yeah, enough yeah, yeah. to be, you know, well, no, a, a connection. Differentiate that for sure. Right. Um, how weird is it having an alias? Like I've known you seven or eight years now, but if I ever saw you in just even a casual setting, I'd be all pebs. What's up? Like, even though I know your name is Alyssa. Right. Yeah. No. Right. I've just never like called you that you kind of live like a, a, a double life almost with like a, a whole separate name. Um, I don't really know where I'm going with that other than, you know, I guess the people quote you were saying how you were saying the people closest to you were like, Oh, you're still Alyssa to them. And it's like, well, to me, you're pebbles. Like, I don't really, I don't really know Alyssa. I, I, I kind of know pebs, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, you get the inside look from time to time. Like, well, we're, we're I feel like, like, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. And like, I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's just important to have people 
in your in who you know are those front row people and then you also have friends and you all you know what I mean like there's no shade in saying that like oh Sean sorry no offense dude you're not in my front row like my front yeah. row has like seven people in it maybe you know what I mean? right, right. like it, it's a super tight circle but that's not to say that like any sort of person that I have your phone number in my phone you know what I mean then I would consider that person like a close pal and I, I think that the difference between Pebbles and Alyssa over these years it's just end up becoming one person because it's been I've been this person for so long that I mean, I guess if I wanted to be like fake pebbles and be like, hey, you know what I mean? When I'm sad, I, I know how to turn that on. But other than that, I would say I think I'm like the two are pretty closely blended together at this point. Well, you're kind of my go-to person to make fun of other podcasts that I see. I'm always like, Yo, you see what these idiots did? I, I like to text you about those just because you can relate to it. But um, exactly. Uh, I totally get what you're saying about so not to make everything about me, but fuck it. It's my podcast. Everything's about no, me. Go for so, it. so Sean Shamrock came from, he was actually a, a video game player that I had. And I think I told when I went on your other podcast, it used to go on that you were, you were on, uh, I think yeah. I talked about it, but then it kind of translated into all my social media. When I started having social media, like on MySpace, and like, well, I'll just use Sean Shamrock as a name. And so many people know me as Shamrock. Like people would be like, it took me a uh, while. Do I know your real last name? <laughs> Maybe not. You know what I mean? But wait um, a minute. But but I but I kind of felt like that kind of took on a personality of its own too. Like um like being a promoter and a nightlife personality, and then with like fighting and like all these things, like being involved in MMA and shit. Like, and I started to kind of look, I've been recently looking inward a little bit, and I'm like, I don't know if I still like Shamrock. You know, and I've been thinking about changing the name of my podcast because I just don't okay. feel, I don't feel like that person anymore. I just don't yeah. like, I was just, you know, I'm, my birthday is Tuesday and I'm ancient and uh, happy belated to you. I know. I think I texted you. On no, your happy birthday, early birthday to you. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was just a much, much more public person and there's just, I enjoyed it. It wasn't fake. It was just who I was, but I just don't feel like that anymore where I want to be like, so Raw, raw on your face like I went the other day and I deleted almost 600 people from my Facebook you know and it's like people who didn't do anything wrong some of them I was like oh, I, I hate you I don't know why I have you here and it's like <laughs> well I know why I have you here because you're one more person who can watch my podcast you know and I'm like well you know I, I don't care about that anymore because I still like what I'm doing and I don't need to have you around that so right I don't know I just like in my in my life I feel a change coming like I I think I need to I may ditch this moniker and it's, it's been, a, it's been a part of me for a very long time. So yeah, I, I know, no, mad kinda... respect for even seeing that coming for sure. Well, well, you know, and it's the whole front row, no zero day mentality, right? So like, if I can get something from your podcast, it just kind of seeps into the back of my head a little bit and you know, it's good. I love that. It's, it's awesome. a positive, it's a positive thing. Most definitely. And I think that you saying that and like wanting that change for you, it's just like, that is awesome because you have that self-realization and how cool is it too, that you can like see a season in your life coming. You know what I mean? Like every once in a while you can feel it, you can feel that shift. And I would say 2021 for me has been such a huge fucking shift. Sorry. I was like in my radio mind. I'm like, can I swear? <laughs> but that's what I do apparently to check myself if I can swear or not. But yeah, that's, that, that is what I, <laughs> well, I still remember 
on that old podcast you used to do the first you were talking about r kelly and it was the first time i listened and it was the first time i ever heard you swear and it was so <laughs> weird because it would be it was like you know the outtake of like dr seuss like green eggs and ham like all right the book's done yeah, fuck these little kids you know that's what it was like <laughs> hearing, hearing you fucking swear for the first time it was so weird because you're just this very you know your radio is like very mainstream very tightly tightly yeah. streamlined into yes. how and what you say right exactly and like I just did right there I, I, you check yourself before you say certain things so yeah no I, I can swear on my own podcast too so every once in a while I get like really really passionate about something and like I just feel like I need to just ah just get it all out and swears are the best for me it's almost kind of like uh, a release. Like, you, did you, from your podcast, I've learned that you had some kind of weird childhood where you didn't watch a lot of popular things, but did you ever, <laughs> did you ever watch Full House? Everyone Full, makes fun of me about that. Did, did you ever watch Full House growing up? Was that a show I that you did, I did. So Bob Saget, who plays Danny Tanner, like the wholesome yes. dad, I don't know if you've ever heard of stand-up comedy, but it's like really, it's like vile, oh, you know, yeah. like he like talks about banging those girls that are his daughter, you know, like he's like very, but it's like, I feel like when you bottle somebody up like that, then they like have another outlet, they're going to explode. And that's like kind of yeah. how I see like you, I'm like, oh, Pebbles is going to go nuts and be like Andrew Dice Clay on the fucking podcast. <laughs> It's it's that I'm all the same person on the radio, but you have to check yourself for what the FCC thinks is yeah. the real me. You know what I mean? So that's the only part that gets censored is is that. What's the? Have you ever slipped on the radio? Have you ever said something you're not supposed to? No. Come on, uh, <laughs> you're on the you're on the podcast. You got to give me uh, the real the real. A few years, like this was years and years ago when I first started and I wasn't the one who was like running the board and um, there might've been a time where I had set it into the microphone, but we were not live and somehow the audio leaked on air. And yeah, I said, that's a lot of fucking winning. Well, yeah. Well, so so, so it was like after we had given something away. And so yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't my fault. So I wasn't sweating oh, well, as hard as I probably should have been. <laughs> so how did it end up on the air, dude? Was someone trying to sabotage you? No, no, no. It's just like the way when you clip together audio waves and then you're live and you're under time constraints and you got to make sure that you chop the audio just correctly. And so I think that something got highlighted and copied and pasted into the audio if you edit, you understand. And so I think the wrong thing got played in a consecutive stream of audio. Gotcha. So yeah. at the very end, it had happened and we weren't expecting it to so they probably should have killed they, the audio. They were cutting pieces together and they grabbed yeah. a, and they grabbed B when they should have grabbed A or something. I mean, and put it, yeah, yeah. accidents happen, right? So it was just like one of those, like, did that just happen? And, and then other than that, no, no, I've been good. I, you, again, you can, you like catch yourself. It's the weirdest thing. I don't know. Cause also we're off air all day. Ask my co-host Boomer. Like I am like sailor mouth off air, but as soon as I know that that microphone's on, it's just like a whole different world. The stuff that happened, I know we were talking about the podcast on the backtracking, but um, like the stuff on the radio, right? Like when you're reading news, like news articles or like when you're when you're asking people like, hey, what do you think about this call in? Do you come up with that stuff or is that something that's provided for you or? Uh, it depends on what you're what it is. I would say we come up with 
the majority of like, especially like the topics that we ask the audience, I would say yeah, for yeah. the most part, or sometimes we'll see something um, like, cause every radio station gets like prep. So we'll go through like the headlines of the day. That's what prep is. And then basically figure out what we think suits our audience, our local audience best. And so that we come up, we'll see one of those like little topics. And then um, like, for example, you know, Kim and Kanye broke up. So like the topic is because Boomer and I were talking off air, who would be a perfect match for Kanye? <laughs> who would be a perfect match for Kim? You know what I mean? So like, that's a topic that we will be talking about coming up. And I, I don't know by the time that this airs, it'll probably have hit the air, but like to get somebody's authentic reaction to who do you think Kanye West should be with now? It, I mean, who do you think? <laughs> oh man dude so when someone is so self-centered and egotistical like that what do they need do they need another person who is like equal or like alpha to them or do they need somebody who's going to be like a yin to their yang kind of thing so like i would have imagined that kim kardashian would have been that right like just personality wise okay. like she's probably as famous or more famous than him you know it's, it's close like and she's you know probably richer than him um but i don't know maybe that's not what he needs in his life dude maybe he doesn't need maybe he needs somebody who's like more private or somebody who's like gonna really like check him more because i feel like dude and this is like speculation because what the fuck do i know but it's like when you have someone whose life like Kim Kardashian is a, I know she's got businesses and shit, but she's more of like a professional celebrity. So if something in your life, right, if you're Kanye West and something maybe negative or just not even negative, but not necessarily positive, is going to make a headline that's going to make Kim Kardashian money. Is she going to steer him away from that? Like, is she still invested in herself? You know, like... I mean, they collab together even on like that skims that she sells, like that body shapewear and stuff. So, I mean, he's yeah. making like he I guess what he's worth a bill, a billion yeah. dollars. So, yeah. I mean, he wants a piece of that, too. I mean, I think that they've definitely helped each other over the last few years, but I don't know who should. How do you even be... relate to that? Like, I, I, I can't even like. Right. How do you match make that? Dude, I thought he was, I thought he like cheated on her with a makeup guy. Oh Jeffrey. my gosh. I totally forgot about the headline. Yeah. He distracted Saul by running for president. Yeah, oh yeah. Did you vote for him? <laughs> I did not vote for him. I can say that. You, you Usually don't share who I voted for, but that I, I can confidently say. I felt, I felt like that was a fair enough topic to ask. You guys should have done like a, like a little, like a, a rally, like a vote for Kanye that you probably could have gone viral on it, dude. Local radio yeah. station. It just played like Kanye all day. Listen, it was way too serious this year. You know, everyone was feeling it. Maybe if it was any other year. But... See, that, that's why nobody hates you. You don't take chances. You're, you're all right. You're still alive. <laughs> um, what do you like doing better now, the podcast or the radio? Everything has its purpose, I believe. So yeah. I like I've also thought about doing YouTube and like I really want to start figuring out that whole thing. But that's like a whole nother thing. I'm so really this is how you do it right here. You're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like even just like how do I get Zoom working and everything? Like I'm not a person who's on Zoom every day because I'm dealing with the radio stuff. Like I don't have meetings typically over. You know what I mean? So this is all even slightly new to me i'm not used to even video chatting with people i'm not big on you know what i mean it's so 
to me, it's about learning new stuff and how I can always outdo myself. So that's you what start I'm like, doing, like some Zoom, like from the studio live, like while you're doing the broadcast, just like a live video feed of the radio station. Oh, no, I edit my podcast way too much that it would be like jump cuts all <laughs> over the no, place. No, but, like, that's I, I wonder... but just to get used to being on camera, like just set up a live stream. Oh, yeah. During in the morning when you and Boomer are, are on, like just go like. Like when you know you're gonna do the topics and people are gonna call in, just fuck it. Do a, do like a like a five minute do a live, live. yeah. A good know. idea. That's my two, that's, you know, oh, it's, it's solid. That's, I, I feel like I give you good little gems. Oh hell yeah! When, when, when I talk to you, I, I if you ever blow up, you know I want ten percent. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, yeah, keep talking me up, and that's how it happens, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> But you know what other thing you've mentioned this to me before? I really need turntables. Do it. I would love to learn like how to be a DJ, like uh, or, <laughs> like yeah, not mean, just a radio DJ. You know what I mean? No, I do know what you mean because I've been telling you that for like five years. Like, yeah, you already have yeah. this, like bars or clubs would would pay top dollar for you because you already have this built in and following, you know what I mean? And it's like, I know uh, you have the ability to, to, to sell advertising. Like if you got with like shrine and you're like, you were going to DJ and you get them to also pay you on the back end by running an ad about it on jamming, dude, like it makes sense. It would make sense for the venue and it would make sense for you. Right. If like, I'm going to book you to DJ. I want to advertise that to your listeners. So then they in turn come back and pay that cover charge and buy those drinks while you're spinning. I mean, it's, you could you could like double wham that like all yeah. day, and you don't have the to like. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I, I listen. You're on a roll. Tell me more. What should I do? <laughs> we should get with a, a DJ. Like, so my next episode that's coming out. Actually, this this is the second one of the week I filmed, which I don't usually do. But just uh, we had re- we had rescheduled, so just how it yeah. all played out. And uh, I had uh, Jay Spring on. Do you know Phil? Phil Whitman, Jay Spring. Yeah, that's right. I I definitely do know of DJ Jay so Spring for sure. You look, you link up with somebody like that. I'm sure they would like teach you some stuff. And you know, he came from. It was funny. He mentioned to me when we, we he didn't say it on the podcast. We talked about it afterwards. I don't remember this, but he worked for Jammin, and uh, it was in 2005 when I had my first bar, the Green Room. And he's like, "Yeah, I messaged you on MySpace saying, hey, you know, I'm Jay Spring. I'm on Jammin. Do you guys need a DJ? <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you need any DJs?" <laughs> And that I just responded back telling them they need to play more Joe Budden, who's my favorite rapper. <laughs> but uh, you know that that's the one. You know he's he works for Shrine and, and Scorpion Bar, and you know he does works three or four days a week as a as a living. You know, I mean, I think that you have. I just think you have a great base built in. I saw what Joe Smith did, right? Like he came into off the air, and he wasn't even as present as an on-air personality as you were he was just like when he first started DJing he was kind of like the promo guy like putting up signs and shit right like well he was spinning for us too during the morning show which is something that like to do that live it takes so much talent and skill and just to get to that level too is is something that but he I learned, would love to try to even just start to you know figure out how does something like that even get done well, I, I gave him his first ever DJing gig at my bar and um, he was terrible, 
but he brought a lot of people. No, but but he brought a lot of people. Like he didn't know how to really mix. So it was kind of like songs who crashed into song. Like he couldn't. He didn't know how how to to mix them. But through the years, he learned. You know, he just learned by doing. But even with him not being the the most smooth and refined DJ, the crowd he brought still made it worth having him because he had that built in audience. And I don't think he was supposed to do this, but he used to also like shout us out on the radio, like when he was on air, like he used to do like a, I think Saturday nights, he had like an hour or something like that. And he would come and we would record little interviews and stuff. And, you know, that was worth a million dollars to me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, no, he definitely was able to take the radio and, and elevate not only like his talent, but just like put it on display so that everyone new and then like you know what i mean he already had the crowd and, and the people he has that electric personality so and, you know when i look at somebody like you who is the predominant morning dj you know radio dj in this area like there's in a station that has somebody who could even compete with you right like there's you know q105 is like you said a corporate they have a, na a national show that plays right yeah, I think they're afternoon girl. I could be wrong. I think she might be from like a big city. So yeah, I, I mean, it, like, and they had um, they play that that kid Craddock or whatever, you know. That's right in the morning show. Yeah, in yeah. The so as I'm saying, you don't you kind of have this whole market. So you know, that's what I would do is I would if I was you, man, I would come up on some turntables and play with them a little bit, see if you can get somebody to help you, and you know, like I, th I think Jay Spring would be the perfect one because he came from the radio, and then approach some of these venues like hey i would love to do this and sell you a package of me djing plus some radio ads and figure that all out yeah even if like i didn't have i don't i'm not i don't know if i'm so into it doing it live i mean that would be obviously a part of it and it would have to be but like i'm just knowing how to mix the songs together and then actually produce them into a mix that you can listen to later. I think like that's a huge missed opportunity that a lot of DJs don't take advantage of because why wouldn't I play your mix yeah. on my yeah. radio station? If you give it to me for free and you get your mentions and you play the music that we play, that seems like a pretty good trade to me. You know what I mean? And yeah, I think that's just such a, again, a missed opportunity that I see. I, I feel like I could maybe fill it, but I don't have those skills or talents. And that's something that I know I would need to be taught for sure. Cause that's not something that you, you just do one day with anything, right. you know, but, but most people who do that are, are self-taught, but yeah, you could get somebody to help you. But like, if you took, you know, a Drake track and you put uh party B beat behind it, you make your own mix. I mean, you know, like that's the kind of stuff that really sticks out, you know, in my last podcast and the one I just did with Jay Spring and right. yet, but we kind of talked about that, like what makes a good DJ, what makes a bad DJ. And, you know, if you can bring your own music to the table and you can even just, like you said, make those playlists, he makes stuff like that. He just puts it out for other DJs to download, you know, you just put your little drop in there, like DJ pebbles in the middle of it. Right. You're golden, right. right? Exactly. So who knows what the future will bring every day. I will go into the studio and I'll tell my co-host that I want to try something different. Like, Oh, I want to do YouTube. Oh, I want to start my own podcast. Oh, <laughs> and he's like, you're always like way ahead of yourself. So I, I, I speak it into existence, I guess, you know, so like, this is me planting the seed right here. So we'll see follow through in a year maybe i'll laugh at this and be like uh, i never yeah, actually I, did that i will hold or maybe a... i'll be in a club yeah you don't know well here's the thing is we've had this conversation but now you're having this conversation on camera so now there's there's 
record <laughs> of you saying this yes. is something you want to do. So now anyone who listens to this can hold you accountable for that and be like, oh, hey, yeah. Yeah. I, I, are you ever going to do that thing? You know? Because- yeah, for sure. There's hold me to anything really at this point. Like I'm almost like willing for the challenge. Like I want, I want to blow up. You know what I mean? I want to do the most that I can. And obviously in a controlled way that I can solve my own schedule. <laughs> what would be your, your big goal? Like, would it to be on like a national station, like with a radio show or just to have your podcast uh, blow up independently or, or both? Like what, what's your big dream? It sounds really, really corny, but like my entire life, I've always just told myself that I've needed to always just maintain happiness and consistency my entire life. So I need to enjoy each day and like be able to reflect on the year and be like, okay, I like accomplished whatever. So as long as I'm like, again, just trying to outdo myself. So that's a great question. Like personally, in my personal life, like I feel like I've achieved like a morning show. I went to like a national convention a few years ago and I explained to the people that I met there at the convention who are other radio talents on big markets too. And I would tell them, you know, what I do. And they're like, you're a morning show host on a station that could have been on in the background when you were born out of your mom's womb. Like that's a huge deal that doesn't happen. And they're like, I wish I could go back to my hometown and do it there. Like that would be more rewarding. But instead I fell, I fell into this. I need to achieve more and get more and be bigger. And I mean, everybody wants that, I guess. But at the end of the day, I just realized and my family's here and everyone's happy and healthy and like, that's to me is my main priority. And I want to start thinking about like how I can achieve other things in my life to, to fulfill that goal. So my goal is right now to continue learning more so I can be better. So hopefully I can make more money. So I kind of feel like that was more the jam in 1077 answer when I wanted the pep talks answer, but it's a good answer. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very, it's very unoffensive and it's very uh, positive it's true. And, and uplifting. It may be, it may be. I want to be a then. badass bitch my whole life, Sean. <laughs> just hearing you say a, a swear word still just kind of blows my mind, dude. But um, so, so <laughs> let's funny. let's then the podcast. You know, um, if you could extend your reach on 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 the podcast, you want do you want to keep it? Like, is it something that you would want to have? still stay local like just be like the biggest podcast in eastern connecticut or are you trying to reach beyond that with the podcast you make me sound so corny but i just want my podcast to positively affect people no matter where so yeah but you know that's that's great but you want where do you want to affect the people do you want to just you want i'm just trying to picture what you're trying to do because I look at you as someone who's barely good at what you do. And, and I want to be good at this as well. I'm not trying to like put you no, on no. the spot, you know, but I'm, it's like, I hear you. What just what your goals for the podcast are. Cause you, you talk about local and, and your, your topics generally tend to be local. They're not, they'll right. not always. Um, I just didn't know. That's going to run know. out. Like I'm eventually going to have less and less probably, I mean, I'll always be able to mention local things, but yeah, for sure. I definitely want to grow the podcast and have it not be so centered around Eastern Connecticut. I think this is what I'm safe with, what I'm comfortable with and what I'm used to. And so that's where I'm starting for sure. But I would love to 
blow up and be bigger than just Eastern Connecticut and have other people talking about it, like on the other side of the country, it would be cool to, you know, like I have ideas in mind for the YouTube series, which would be different than the podcasting. Like I like the, 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 how, I don't know, it's like more private. It's more like just me and the person listening when I do podcasting, where I feel like YouTube is kind of like a show in a way. Um, and so I have some ideas for like what I want the show to be. And that would be way more of a thing that anyone anywhere would be like way more interested in, I'm sure. So I'm excited to see how that develops. You have, you have an episode of your podcast where you talk about the state hospital in uh, Norwich, right? Um, yep. So I've started listening to a podcast. It's like a, a true crime podcast. And it's really like, it's this girl. And all she just kind of does is like do some research. There's no interviewing or anything really involved. It's just like, it seems like she reads up on a crime that happened. She lives in Canada and I, it just, I, I stumbled across it and it's like pretty dope. She usually talks about stuff local to where she lives in Canada. But I think that there's a, a market for that around here. And I, I like how you told that story. And it's something I'm interested in doing too with like some of the, like, like Michael Ross was before, before your time, he's before my time. He's like when I was like a child, but like he's a serial killer, doesn't get a lot of play. And I've, I've kind of had some ideas about wanting to do like a true crime, Eastern Connecticut. The New London Day did one, but I, was, I think they suck at it. You know, I, I got no problem saying that. But um, because, <laughs> okay. they're, because they're writers, dude, and they're not personalities. So when they, they're like relaying the facts, I don't think they do a good job. Like the topic could be interesting, but like a writer is not a DJ, right? Just like a DJ right. is, not a, is not a writer. So when you take writers and then you try to give them a, a mic voice, to me, it didn't work. But the point of my story was, I think we should collab, dude. We should do like, pick like a true crime in like Eastern Connecticut. Since you have a passion for it, something I want to do, we should collab on an episode and, and, and do that. Yeah. I would be more than happy to. That's yeah, that sounds awesome. And I love those true crime podcasts too. I mean, who doesn't love a good murder? I, mean, I don't know why there's something weird and like twisted about it, but those podcasts, they do well for a reason. So yeah, for sure. And, and there is like, it's like, why am I enjoying this? But it's, it's something to like occupy my brain. Like I'll throw them on yeah. if I have a short drive, like, because usually her, her thing is like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, or like when I'm in the shower, I'll put it on. And it's just like, it's something just to kind of zone out to, I don't know, but I think it's, I think it's dope, man. And uh, I, yeah. I, I, there's a lot of stuff that's going on around here. And, and there's, you know, we have these casinos and there's a lot of like underworlds, even that I just, I think there's some cool stuff to, to dig into, man. And I think with you having such a passion for Eastern Connecticut, I think it'd be kind of cool. We could dig into that sometime. I don't really have yeah, any there's... real structured idea to it other than, you know, kind of what I've rambled out. Yeah, no, there's so many places here in Eastern Connecticut that are similar to the Norwich State Hospital, but just not on such a mega scale, you know what I mean? But they yeah. are all stories that are just as equally entertaining as those other true crime stuff, so. I've never been into the state hospital. I've always wanted to, and I'm always just kind of like too scared too. to get jammed up, um, you know, because me and my girlfriend, yeah. Melissa, like whenever <laughs> we go on vacation, we always try to check out like abandoned places and stuff. Like we broke into a... Uh, an abandoned amusement park in South Carolina. We ended up running from the police. And I'm, it was like three years ago. Like as a grown ass adult, I did this dumb shit, but <laughs> it, it was, it was fun, man. And it was, it, but I've, I've always wanted, there's, it's not really like anywhere to park over there. And if like your car's just on the side of the road, I think it's going to draw attention. And I, I think I, I think I missed my window as a teenager to get into that state hospital in Norwich. 
Because yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I would never like. I'm such a person who lived by the rules my whole life, so I never would have even thought about that. But I mean, right now, I mean, the majority of the buildings are taken away. So yeah, there's still like you can see from Mohegan Sun. There's like a lot of stuff still over there, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but you know, not. I think the things that probably were spoken on to be more haunted, I think they purposely might have demolished those just to keep the teenagers away. But I mean, anyone who wants to go there is still going to go there. I mean, it's a big popular place I've seen for photography too, for those people willing to risk, you know, yeah. trespassing. So. So tell everyone the story about your pig game. Let's, let's, let's kind of dive in. Let's give people a little taste of what your podcast is about. Tell everyone about your pig getting loose. About yeah. So pig- pep talk, Pep Talks podcast, uh, my mini pig. I spoke about it in episode 15. How big is your mini pig? And and how big is your mini pig? Okay, well, a normal pig is like 600 pounds. So (laughs) he's mini in that sense. He's 150. I would say like a little under 150 pounds. Okay. Yeah, so he's he's like a, like if someone has like a bulldog, like a medium-sized bulldog. You know what I mean? Like he's, I can't pick him up. But no but one would be like, this is, I my can, min- this is my mini bulldog at 150 pounds. Well, because yeah, everyone gets mini- fooled like on online thinking that those like little, yeah. they call them like teacup pigs. Teacup pigs. Like that's, that's yeah. not a real thing. I know. And I did, yeah, I, so. I almost bought one. I, 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 told, I know I told you to tell a story and I cut you off. But one day um, in Providence, I was at a, a, a club that had like an outdoor patio thing. And some, somebody came by and they were trying to sell one. And I almost bought one one day I was like oh my god you know and I, I had had yeah, enough to drink or, yeah no absolutely not but uh <laughs> so yeah so your, your mini pig that's bigger than you go ahead yeah he um for the very first time in New London decided to walk out of like our backyard we always were it's fenced in the entire backyard is fenced in and um he it's a pretty it's a big yard he's got like two like little levels on it and he always just roams around and does his own thing and then his nose wandered to the gate I guess and my husband has uh, a scooter that he took out for the season because you know it's springtime now it was the first time of the season so we weren't used to closing the gate just yet my mini pig got out of the gate started walking down the sidewalk in New London got to like one of the more like main roads before like we didn't even realize because I'm just gardening in the backyard and every once in a while we check on him so after I would say between five and eight minutes <laughs> specifically we were able to actually realize that he wasn't in our backyard anymore and we started uh ringing like this dinner bell for him we were trying to like you know any sort of attention but my husband by the time he got to the end of our driveway he saw a whole bunch of people taking pictures and cars stopped in the road and he was just grazing on someone else's grass. So I'm sorry to my neighbors, but everyone got a pretty big kick out of this. And I have these pictures that were shared on Facebook from somebody else, from one of our neighbor's friends. And uh, it's pretty funny. He's just like standing next to like an orange fire hydrant, like on a little patch of grass in New London. And he luckily didn't go into the road because that man, he's smart. I don't know. I don't, I'm just like terrified of what could have happened, you know? Well, there's probably nothing for him to eat in the road. You know, he's going to follow the grass as a pig, right? Yeah. So he went with his nose and then to get him back, honestly, it wasn't difficult. Like he knew he wasn't supposed to be doing that. And many pigs are actually really intelligent. So he knew what he was doing wrong. And so he followed my husband all the way back up. It wasn't a problem. (laughs) 
How, so how, does he have a collar or anything? Like, how did your husband get him to come back, dude? Did he, he just followed him? Yeah, he just followed him. We just call his name. And then I think like he might have pretended that he had like food in his hand and food will get a mini pig anywhere. Like if yeah. you just put it in front of his nose, then he'll he'll go anywhere. My dog's the same way. If he ever gets loose and I'm like, I'll just yell like, you want a treat? And he'll come running. Yeah. Right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> food's so we, I think we just said his name. Yeah. We didn't even have to throw in the treat. There you go. Um, before I let you go, my favorite episode of your podcast, you interviewed your father. And I think I want to do that because one, like listening to yours, it was really interesting, right? And it's kind of cool. You can learn some things about yourself that you might not know. Your parents obviously have stories about you when you're a kid or your background of your family, but not to sound morbid, but it's like also a great record because we're getting older. It means our parents are getting older. And it would be kind of dope to have that. And I want to say that uh, if I do do that, I don't know if I can get my dad to agree to it or not. He's not, it's not like really his thing, but uh, that was, it was really touching, dude. It was like, I, I absolutely was, I was hooked on every word of that podcast. That's funny. That's really interesting to me because while I share like a lot of my personal life and everything, and I've been trying to interview people in my very close personal life, I didn't know like what people would want to hear because I only have five minutes. They're tiny interviews. Like you said at the beginning, it's kind of like bam, 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 question, question, question. And so I'm like trying to come up with what would people want to hear from my father? And I don't want to make it so self-centered about just me. Like, I also want to ask him about like stuff. Like you said, he has stories. And like, sometimes we forget that our parents had such a huge life before we came along. And so like, I forget that all the time because my parents were so selfless when I was growing up that, you know, they focused so much on us that now I want to, now that I'm older, I want to learn about what they were like around my age now. Like, what were you like as a 29 year old dad? You know? So I asked them like, what was your favorite concert that you had ever gone to? And so that sort of stuff I thought was really interesting for me to learn about him. Like you said, it's like, it's awesome to just have that record of, of who he is, even if it's just five minutes. So yeah, but you went you went longer than the five minutes with your dad, right? Didn't you oh, go? I did. I think yeah, yeah, that's right. I made an exception for him. You did. You did. He's, he's my dad. So right, <laughs> and, it, and it's kind of dope. And I think that one, like, I don't know if that one will land to like a broad, like someone who doesn't know you but listens to your podcast. Maybe they'll like that. Maybe they wouldn't. But like, I would be interested to hear that kind of thing from any of like my my people who I like, my friends. Like, I would like to hear that. You know what I mean? So as your friend. It was cool to listen to, you know, and then ask somebody who's close with their dad. And our dads are both from Norwich. I, I don't How old's your dad? Um, he was born in 1960. I'm doing the math. Okay, <laughs> Wait so one second. So he's 61. Or 60 in December. Yeah. So um, he is actually this. My dad was born in 61. So they're both from Norwich, the same age. So it's like it would be a similar interview. You know, and I was like, man. I really want to do that. So I just want you to know that you, you kind of inspired me on that. And I've honestly, like, I've been kind of afraid to ask him because I don't want him to say no, you know? And I, I don't know that he would be into doing it, like, but. If you pose it, I think to him as something sentimental too, that really might go a long way because you're right. Like how many opportunities do you actually 
like not a lot of people stop and actually ask those questions. And, you know, there's like those books that they make for your kid, like for your grandparents, you know what I mean? So that way they Mm -hmm. can look at like their great grandparents' memories of what it was like back in the day. But like, why are we not doing that while we have the people that we love here? Like, why aren't we able to take advantage of all of their thoughts and memories and stuff like that? So I, I wanted to definitely make sure that he knew that's what part of the reason was too. Yeah, it was dope. Uh, and I've never seen any podcaster do that ever. So it was. Well, it was mom's pretty... coming up next. So okay. <laughs> well, now, now you're just, now you're just juicing the idea. All right. You know, it was, <laughs> the, fir- the first run was sentimental. Now you're just fucking doing it for likes. It's whatever. Um, Pez, where can people find you online? Uh, at Pebs 1077, but check out Peb Talks podcast. It's like a pep talk, but it's Peb Talks, Peb Talks podcast. Uh, that's anywhere that you hear podcasts and you can follow at peb.talks too on Instagram, but that's how to get a hold of me. My website is my real name, which is in the link in my Instagram and my podcast what, uh, on Facebook. So and you check it out the radio there. Weekdays, what? Six that's right. You got me talking about the podcast, got me all tripping up on jamming 1077. Make sure you check that out. Uh, weekday mornings from 6 a.m. until 10 a.m. We're live and I'm actually live until noon, uh, but I do it solo from 10 until noon. I didn't realize that either. Right. Okay. And then yeah, you, have, so. you have stuff that's on like during the course of the day too, that you pre-record, right? Like later in the day. Cause I know I hear your, you on the radio, like later in the day sometimes. That's so. right. Yeah. We do the 5 PM, like drive home too, like with the mix show that we have. So yeah. Yep. We cover that too. Um, yeah. And then I like, yeah, that's it. Cool. <laughs> All right, dude. I appreciate you coming back on the show for round two, man. And I always love talking to you. I love your podcast. Keep it up. When's your next episode out? Um, I'm hoping next week. I'm hoping maybe the first week of May is probably the next episode. I'm going to talk about uh, if you want in your local how to get a song played on Top 40 Radio. That was like the whole purpose of my original interview with you when you came on the first time and you wouldn't tell me. And now, and now you're taking my question and you're making your <laughs> own podcast about it. No, no. See, what I've been doing over the years is learning more and more. And so now I have the proper information which I can share with the masses. Whereas before I feel like I was a little baby pebs. I was still learning. All right, baby pebs. I look forward to the finished product. I can't wait to hear how to get a song on Top 40 Radio. Yes, it's coming at you hot, probably. Like I said, the first week of May. But now that I've said it, I'll definitely have it. But the first week of May. Perfect. You know how podcasting goes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But now, now you said it, you got to do it. Accountability. Right. Accountability. Yes. It's like your future right. tonight life. And then, hey, listen, that could be the pep talk part of the thing, too, is like the motivation part. Perfect. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. Pebs checking out. That's a wrap. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, man. I I thank you. You're the man. Thank you. (laughs) True.